0: Welcome back to the podcast entitled Creative Pursuits. So, where were we? Ah, yes. This today will be part two of my conversation with designer Aaron Lowell Denton. Very, very pleased, very excited to bring you the continuation of our conversation i am talking to this you know estimable talent this considerable talent and uh, we talk about all sorts of things we get into a a wealth of topics uh including I, I i get his thoughts on beyond bacon so beyond bacon is is looming in the near future something to look forward to for everyone the release of Beyond Bacon. So how does Aaron Lowell Denton feel about Beyond Bacon? Speaking of food, um, I tried, recently I tried something that was purported to be LA's best hamburger. I sat down at a diner with some fellows in in a diner in Silver Lake. Uh, I'm not gonna say exactly which one, you can maybe figure it out or just go to all the diners and you'll find it but it was um it was listed there's something on the i opened up this menu it was a it was an expansive list of food items on the menu maybe maybe five six seven pages worth of food items and the thing that caught my eye was la's best hamburger i ordered it with cheese and I wanted to find out you know at this point I've been living in Los Angeles a long time nearly a decade and a half I've consumed many a hamburger many a beyond burger many a impossible burger many a vegan patty that was a house blend of whatever restaurant whatever um establishment uh that that I was dining in and so with great anticipation, I ordered this this burger. With great anticipation, and it was a cheeseburger. It was not LA's best hamburger. I was very disappointed to find out. Um, not inedible though. It was a it was a fine hamburger. Um, it was a fine hamburger. I think a hamburger is a safe bet along with breakfast items at, at most diners. That's just. just just one man's opinion speaking of hamburgers something that's caught my eye is uh these collabs so first of all another really cool thing that we talk about today on the podcast is collaborating with a moment Aaron Lodden talks about collaborating with a moment which is a really interesting idea and I'm just teasing that so so stay tuned for that But you see all sorts of collabs, people, brands. I mean, this podcast is a collab, you know, it's essentially an Alex Crow Times Aaron Loldetton, Alex Crow X, Aaron Loldetton collab. But McDonald's has been doing all sorts of collabs lately. That's like their new thing. The first one was, and I'm gonna expose myself for being outside of the popular zeitgeist in many ways, but the first one was with an artist who I'd never heard of before, but who I now understand is wildly popular, J Balvin. Uh, Now, no no offense, J Balvin, J Balvin of 48.4 million Instagram followers. Um, It looks like I'm looking at his his Instagram. I guess he was at this... uh, I don't know if this was... Actually, this probably wasn't at the party, but he wished president barack obama who i know he had a his birthday was recently and he uh he has a picture with barack obama but jay balvin's mcdonald's collab was essentially like mcdonald's um, french fries with and but the the twist for jay balvin was that he he orders them with ketchup which i don't know i mean that might have been an impressive order for some people But for me, it was just a little, it was a little basic. I was expect. I was hoping for more, maybe a more original twist on McDonald's. Um, So sweetie, she levels up the condiment game. I personally am a condiment boy. I love condiments. And so that's one of my, I I, I do like McDonald's. I didn't eat McDonald's for probably a decade after moving to Los Angeles. But in the last few years, I've been eating a lot of McDonald's for better or worse. Looking forward to their uh, special beyond beyond meat iteration that's supposedly supposedly in the pipeline. But Sweetie is leveling up Jay Balvin's ketchup. She sees Jay Balvin's ketchup and raises him a Sweetie and sour sauce, which I'm I'm guessing is just a sweet and sour sauce. Uh, but maybe maybe there's a maybe there's some variation there. Either way. Look, I'm here for it. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to go and, and test this out and 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 see what the deal is with this latest McDonald's collab. A few other things. What else? What else is on the docket? Been trying to stay busy, you know. Been playing a lot of soccer, trying to trying to get my fitness, trying to get my fitness going, going out there and and running around in the outdoors. Um and I played soccer the other day. I scored a lot of goals. So that felt good. That felt really good. I scored a few goals. Uh, they couldn't stop me out there. What can I say? I mean, I was out there and they couldn't stop me. So I m- media diet. I, I fi- I finished this book called fake accounts by Lauren Euler. It was, it was okay. Um, it was fine. I've been watching this documentary, Hundred Foot Wave, on HBO, and I definitely really, I really, really recommend it. It follows this uh, McNamara. is a very Garrett McNamara. I guess he's a very successful surfer. I'm not really, I don't really follow surfer culture too much, but this is a is a really cool documentary. Just kind of seeing this guy's journey and his his kind of uh, singular determination to ride these huge waves. And his discovery of these enormous swells in Nazareth, Portugal. So pretty cool, pretty cool documentary. And I saw the movie Pig. Uh, shout out to Cousin Potamus. Shout out to Dodgers Closer. Um, Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen for turning me on to, to Pig. Pig was Pig was a really great movie, Nicolas Cage has a truffle pig and he he ends up getting his truffle pig this is no spoilers the truffle pig is essentially taken and then he goes on a journey and and the movie takes place in the pacific northwest in and outside of portland which also is kind of cool because portland definitely feels like a a character in the movie and i like that i like when they're able to kind of capture an aspect of a of a a region like that because i actually have not been to portland in a long time and it just felt like I don't know, it it, it had a a Portland vibe. I don't watch, I I don't don't think there's enough movies and film taking place outside of Portland. You always see everyone, you know, in Los Angeles or New York City, something like that. Um, Yes, so this is an inclusive podcast for experts, edgelords, free spirits, freelancers, corporate drones and cats. Great to have you here. If you haven't already, please go ahead, and subscribe to this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Team People. If you run a creative services department and are looking for the right talent to augment your staff, now maybe that's a singular specialist or a whole team, well, I highly suggest that you check out Team People. Writers, producers, designers, editors, you name it. If you need talent to get your project done on time and on budget, let Team People go to work for you same deal if you're handling technical requirements like how to pull off the next company meeting in virtual space so it looks better than the 15 zoom calls you were already on today look no further than team people if you are producing multimedia content finding you the right talent is what team people does so naturally if you are that talent that singular specialist and you're looking for your next challenge, you really need to head to teampeople.tv and check out their job board. There are new opportunities nearly every day, opportunities from all over the country, and many where it doesn't matter where you are working from. So get over to teampeople.tv or check them out on Twitter, at teampeople.tv. You can find them on LinkedIn as well. And finally, let's get I'm I'm actually feeling really good this is the longest that I've gone before getting to the the conversation so I hope you're having as much fun as I am but now without any further ado my conversation the continuation part two of my conversation with Aaron Lowell Denton
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's so nice in here. This is like the best time of day. This light. Ooh. Is
0: is it like golden hour where you are? What is it like 6.30, 7.30 in Indiana? It's 7.30. Yeah.
1: Golden hour is actually at like 9.20 nowadays. It's crazy. It's so Ooh, wow here, at least it is. Um, okay. So the sun is like kind of coming down, but it's like at this time of day, it just blasts into my room. And it's like amazing light.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. So I'm loving being in here. What what's the what's what are the temps like over there? Cause you know, he, over here it's like you if you decide to light a cigarette, I don't smoke, but I imagine it's you you run the risk of potentially burning the whole state down. Um oh my it's gosh, so it's yeah. so dry and it's been pretty hot too.
1: Yeah, it's well today it's really beautiful. Like we've got the doors open and, and no air conditioning or anything happening. I mean, it's like seven it's been in the seventies mostly, but it gets really humid here. And Indiana is also really unpredictable, like, weather-wise. It can be, it can go from, like, you know, beautiful to, like, insane rain or, like, there's been a lot of flooding here this year. There's a lot of, like, climate change uh, happening here. I mean, I realize that I'm talking to someone who lives in Los Angeles, but uh, I think sometimes people in the Midwest think, like, Oh, this isn't, you know, I'm not, this is, that's crazy out there, but like our town flooded um, like last month and destroyed a lot of businesses and people's homes. And, and that stuff is new. I mean, as far as I've been here 11 years and like, I've never seen stuff like that. So yeah. um, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, but mostly it's it's really nice. We have like four very distinct seasons here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are such a treat when like they turn. Um, yeah. I'm, it's real, I'm not a nostalgic person in general, but like, you know, like when you feel weather for the first time and you're like aware of it and you connect it to like all the other first times in your yeah. life. Yeah. It's so lovely. And especially when you're in a place where you grew up because it's, you can relate to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, you know, my my really good friend just moved to los angeles like 2 years ago or so and um he really struggled with the weather here i think just like mentally and emotionally and he just loves it out there I mean, really so i think that's good for some people but i i love all time. i love the winter <laughs> yeah
0: i i love the seasons too i'm from from dc you went you went to indiana iu right yeah Okay. I went to Maryland. So we're both, we're both state school, state yeah. school guys, but cool. I, I do miss the the seasons. I really, really miss the rain. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I know I'm talking about the climate stuff. I, I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about your influences, but yeah, I also want to talk about the, the what's going on in your, your merch store. I saw so I have I have a Bernie poster. I think I'm gonna get get rid of it because it just makes me feel kind of down. <laughs> uh, I think I want something more abstract. A lot mm-hmm. of your work is is like beautiful. You have like beautiful abstract impressionistic pieces. I noticed the only thing left on your store was the abolish ice, which is a really beautiful piece that you put together. Um, oh, I guess for for a I think everything else was sold out. The slow dive was sold out. I was thinking about replacing Bernie with your slow dive. Um, there's
1: one other poster in there right now that you can buy
0: what is so what is the other poster (laughs) and what when when are you going to get the hat game going on when are we going to get another printing of the slow dive what's going um, on what's going on there
1: yeah that stuff is weird because um i think other artists who like do a lot of posters are like all about their web store game um but i really don't think of my work as like Uh, I just don't really work like that. Like I I do a lot more illustration stuff nowadays and I just don't have time to like manage, uh, like, uh, products and like sell. And also once you get into that stuff, it's, it's really like you're, you, you pick up a customer service job and you pick up a packing job and you pick up like all all, like logistics. And, um, that gets really overwhelming and people are really demanding and, um, So I don't do it. I mean, of course, a lot of people ask me about it all the time. The thing with those like reprinting is I don't, mm, I own the copyright of those works in the sense that I made them, but that's a collaboration with a band and a moment. More specifically, it's like a collaboration with a moment. And I feel like I'm disgracing the moment of that show and the band playing to an audience. By like reprinting a ton of these posters and like yeah. a lot, and there's, you know, I like it. That's a I like that those things are a flash in the pan. That's like, you know, there were two of them and, gone. <laughs> and they're in the world. I, and I mean, it's cool. If the band decides that they want to reprint them and like we come up with a deal, that's fine. But I'm not reprinting any posters. Um, and then uh, also, I just kind of feel like it's like I'm gonna keep doing work and. And we're gonna keep having artist prints in the web store when I get them. But beyond that, <laughs> I'm not trying to. Um, I'm not trying to make my living. Uh, You're like, not trying to maximize
0: up. profit. I, I mean, look, all the respect, all the respect I, to you.
1: I'm, I just, it really is like um, I've got a good shipping game down now. Like I like it. I like it sometimes doing okay. the shipping. Whereas like I do the design work and then I'm doing like some physical work that has to do with my like I kind of like it like I'm selling this bright eyes print right now
0: yeah I saw and, that I, saw, I actually um, saw that you posted that yeah
1: yeah and it's like I'm going to have to ship a lot of posters and I'm actually looking forward to it cuz it feels like I'm completing the loop of like these people were at this thing and then I give them this thing that like symbolically represents that physical moment in time and i know it's just like a slowed down way of saying like that's what a poster is yeah but that's something like really magical and cool and like so occasionally like with that one i i did all the production on like i i helped print it or i i hired the printers and i i really project managed that print so it's it's i'm proud to like present it as like here's a thing in my web store um but and that. And that'll get, that'll pick back up when, you know, there's, there's, there's more coming. I can tell you that. Okay. Um, new designs that I'll have artist prints for
0: in my yeah. shop.
1: And yeah, as, as shows pick back up and stuff, though, that'll, that'll get going again. So yeah,
0: we got, we got Slow Dive has a, has, I know they were in the, uh, the studio over the, the lockdown at some point. So oh, cool. we'll see if we get I, another... I should say,
1: I think that those Slow Dive posters, I'll send you a link, Alex, but I think you can still maybe buy them from the festival.
0: Okay, right on. Maybe. All right, yeah. I'll I'll look into that. I'm yeah. curious about the collaborations with the, and I think that that Bright Eyes might actually be at the Lodge Room. Um, I'm not sure in, in Highland Park. I thought I I thought I I saw. Oh that no, on, that was a poster.
1: That, that's
0: a. Or is it New York?
1: A, yeah, that was a show at a tennis stadium in
0: New York. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I flubbed that one. Flubbed well,
1: Lodge Room Lodge Rooms are really like small venue. Yeah, um, which is why I I really like doing posters for it because. The bands that play there tend to be um the booker is really like has a great ear for like you know, young bands that are smaller. Yeah. And like it's like the show they play before they get really big. For sure. And so like I'm yeah. There are more of those to come too.
0: Trying to score tickets to a lodge room show that's sold out in like two two seconds, I guess. Anyway, um uh, me but and yeah. my buddy know the me and my buddy know the, it's this band TV girl. It's like a local band from around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we're going to see, we're going to see how how it goes, but it is a small venue. The tickets sell out really quickly. What yeah. is the collaborative process like with, with the bands? Is it, cause sometimes, sometimes it's, sometimes it's the promoter, right? Who's contacting you. Um, mm-hmm. Is it, Oh, what's going on with the drink game? Do you have a, you have an Olipop uh, vintage cola? Yeah. What do you think about those?
1: I love them. I loved Coca-Cola and um, but then I I stopped drinking it. And then this this is really satisfying my
0: lots of sugar. But those things are good, but they're they're no, not No, there's not a lot of sugar in this. No, no, and no, 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 yes, no, the Olipop has very little sugar. The yeah, Coca-Cola yeah. classic has it's a ton. It is thing
1: where once you start drinking something like this routinely, it all of a sudden like after a while it it feels like you're drinking your coke Coca- like i'm sure yeah. if i drank a coca-cola now it would feel like whoa like insane but your taste bud just adapt to like something that's a little little
0: less it, it yeah. is and what's so smart is they almost like whatever that like bit of clove or cinnamon or nutmeg that they throw in there it it's like cinnamon. triggers is it cinnamon it's cinnamon but it's yeah. the same thing with like you talking about those first memories of the seasons earlier yeah it's like that the cinnamon triggers the cinnamon yeah. triggers that. I don't get the seasons anymore, but I can get Olipop. Pop. Um, I had Red Gatorade for the first time in like forever, and that brought me back to childhood. That's like the best <laughs> I can get these days. Um, yeah. After after soccer, but um, so what is the collaboration process like with with the bands? And uh, yeah. it's, and so I know someone's with a promoter, but I will say this. <laughs> Shoot, um, I will say this is that I saw because I heard him talking on a on a podcast the other day, Twin Shadow. And then I was like, well, "What's yeah. this guy up to?" Let me look at this guy's new record because I think yeah, I caught. I would listen to a little bit of his record, uh, maybe two records ago. I was I was on a little bit. And um, you not only did the show, you did the cover art. Did you do the full design layout? Maybe just talk about working with bands, and maybe like the twin, the Twin Shadow collab.
1: Yeah, the Twin Shadow project is like the most collaborative thing I've done in a while. I mean. So with the posters, a lot of times that is just like, especially if it's a single poster, the band will usually approve it, Um, but the process isn't, I mean, that's why it was so, it's so beneficial to do posters, especially like when you're starting out doing design work because people are not very precious about them. I mean, they have to be cool and they have to get the attention of people But uh, you know, no one really art directs a poster unless it's like a movie poster and then it gets a lot of attention. But like um, in general music posters, you know it's not much of like a back and forth. And I do work with a lot of promoters who are just like here's the show and then I make the thing and then you show it to the band. And luckily most of the time the band's just like, yeah, this looks great, you know? and then i do album artwork and that's like an entirely different thing and like i can imagine that that is probably I, it's like one of the most collaborative things you can do creatively is like a, an artist making the cover of music like an album like it's so yeah. intense and um yeah the twin shadow project came to us um maybe the fall, fall of last year like maybe late summer even i don't know i forget but we worked all winter on it and it was really like a back and forth with me and george who's twin shadow um and yeah i mean i've never done so much work for a release it was like six single artwork designs um an album cover and like a layout that included a gatefold so we're gonna be i'm gonna be like properly like formally presenting all that work pretty soon. But um it was like a really extensive project. And uh we worked really closely together and like okay. had a lot of lot of conversations about he had a lot of direction and like he he really knows um he's put out so many records and is so experienced in like the music world that I feel like he really knew what he was looking for. And um I mean it was great. I've never I can say I've never worked so hard on a single project, probably. Um, but it was super rewarding and just like I really fell in love with the record um in the in the course of like making the artwork for it. Yeah. And uh yeah, I just and I like George. And it was just like cool to like talk to him all the time and text with him back and forth and yeah. Um and also he, he's been on like major labels for the you know, past ten years or so, but this one's coming out on his own label.
0: Awesome. And
1: he I could sense that he had a lot of control. Yeah. So he must have hand, he
0: must have handpicked you then, huh?
1: Oh yeah. Yep. And I mean, yeah, it was really purposeful. Everything was really
0: so when when I do
1: uh album jackets, that's a really intense process. Um and and I really like working on that stuff. I, I can't take on very many a year just because I get so invested in it. But the ones I do take on, it's typically because I really love the records. Right. And I like, you know, the artist or, you know, respect like them having a vision about it that incorporates me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there, you like you had specific questions about like that project or just in general, speaking about collaboration is a bit weird because it really is just like, I mean, it's like, it's like describing a conversation. Like everyone talks differently. Everyone has sure. a different attitude, and that also shifts day to day, and like it's um, changes all the time. But typically, with design, you're solving pro- you're solving problems. It's not so much like you know. Um, I mean, sometimes it is like very creatively collaborative, but most of the time, it's just kind of like, hey, you know we're the New York times and we absolutely need something to run with this article tomorrow. Or, okay. you know, we are, uh, we have a poster and we need people, we need the information to be shared. And, a you know, you're solving problems. And
0: what, yeah. When you are working for work with a band, I guess my, my specific question is like how much, and you talked, you, you kind of alluded to it with the twin shadow project, but how much, how much does the actual music play into the inspiration for the piece that you're working on?
1: A lot for me, and I think that that's maybe unique. Um, I do something that I think is kind of crazy in that every project I work on has an entirely, I prefer to like give myself my own art direction from scratch every time, (laughs) which is insane but I feel like it's the only way to do it in a way that really pays tribute to like whatever I'm working on. Like like if I'm doing a poster for a band, I mean, I don't just like do my, I mean, I end up doing my thing, but in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna find new references and new points of perspective based on this band and how they sound and like this show and, and all these things. And I'm gonna funnel them into this project Whereas I think that some designers and illustrators are just kind of like, I'm going to do my thing on your thing uh, and that's going to be it.
0: A hundred percent. I, as someone who, I mean, I've, I don't know if you've seen the creative pursuits logo. So I have uh, you know, I have dipped my, my beacon a little bit into the design world, but is not a designer. Yeah. I imagine that ostensibly you could just have like five templates Maybe move a few little things around, oh, change the colors up, change the typeface, and boom, you're done. You're maximizing profit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. People I, ask me people that have all to be the doing time. That. I mean, people like, have to be doing that.
1: I guess they have to be doing that, but
0: like, it's inauthentic.
1: Yeah, people like, people email me too and be like, hey, do you have like some work that we could use? And I'm just like, what? Yeah. That like, people do that? Like, I, for me, it really is just like, I get the project and then if I if it strikes me as something that's like I think I know what I want to do for this, I take yeah. the project on. And right. then it's like I take it on cuz I want to I want to think about it and tailor to it. I just I could never and also bands have like they all have different names with different letters that look different and yeah. like that matters like yeah. I'll, I'll make a whole design just based on like the fact that a band has an r in their name and it's right. like this r is perfect for this and it's like look at this and then you start to see it and it's like i couldn't just like slap i've never done that and I, I i think sometimes like it's it feels a little foolish it's like i should do that i should just make stuff it's like
0: well, you're not they're taking all, shortcuts.
1: Yeah. All the information, you know, like everything is specific. Everything needs to be there. Like the details matter and people pick up on that. And I, I think mean, I just not satisfied.
0: I, I think they absolutely pick up on it. I think there's a sincerity to the work that people pick up on. And you're not just like rattling them off of some template. Uh, and clearly this, you know, this matters to you a lot here. And, you know, one thing that kind of you said earlier that struck me, because at first I was trying to I was trying to kind of hone in on the the me I kind of understood what you were saying but then you you did articulate it when you talked about not reprinting the posters because these posters are honest to a moment you know this is yeah. a one-off show which I think is really cool and again just there's us there's a lot of reasons why I mean the the bold colors the cool shapes um you use all, all these typefaces I want to I want to get into like some typeface talk. Uh, briefly, but I think, I think all these things are why your work connects with people. Cause you know, I, I came across it and you know, good on you. It is striking. I try Mm -hmm. to, I I follow a bunch of artists. Um, I follow some, you know, I got my daily Roth going there, but the things that I like looking at most are like our work, like our work, like yours. I saw, I saw talking about some of your inspiration. So for me, I've seen other people talk, kind of try to sum it up for me it gave me like a mid-century Bauhaus surrealist kind of vibe i saw Joan Miro listed as one of your uh one i don't know if you said this or if this is just what the person that i in the article said Joan Joan Miro was someone that influenced you um Barnett new Barnett Newman um yeah this yeah. feels
1: so lofty. I don't know. I, well, you know, I studied art history in school, so I have a I have an art history degree, and I'm I'm really interested in art history, like okay. uh, continually and painting and painters, and all those painters you just meant. I think I think probably where you where you got that. I probably just said, people ask for influences, and you're just like, here are artists I like, but I don't yeah. know how this informs you about my work at all. But I mean, yeah, you hit it on. I mean, that's like. I have so many books. Like if around, there's a big bookshelf right here that you can't see. But yeah, like Nolan Glazer stuff and
0: oh, cool. guy, Peter yeah, Max book that, that I love.
1: Yeah, and like, but then at the same time, like this is a really great James Turrell Like, oh, love him review. And um, and then I have a ton of just old design books and illustration books. And yeah, they're they're. I mean, you know, but it's just like a. Culmination of looking. It's yeah. not really like one thing or, or another. And um, but I did a lot of like looking at art before I made art, you know. And and I figured, um, I would write about art for a living, like or that's what I really wanted to do. Um, outside of music, I was like I also have an English degree, so like I was I was doing a lot of writing, and um, I was doing a r- lot of writing about artwork, and uh, so I was looking at a lot of art and like going to museums and just like reading a lot about different artists and movements. And I just love that world. So, I mean, I really had an eye for like the art I like before I ever started making art.
0: Well, I saw, I don't know what that
1: means, you know, really, but that is the truth. Yeah.
0: I saw one from a few, a few years ago that gave me like, strong, I see a cat. I just, I actually was looking away, but I only saw its tail. What's What are your cat's names? This is Franny. Your cat is He's named a, Franny? Yeah. You have a I have Franny a, cat? I have a Francis, I have a Francis who sometimes- uh, we,
1: call him, we call him Francois sometimes. Oh, nice. Very luxurious. But Beautiful. Um, yeah, he is the older one. And then we have a younger cat named Phoebe.
0: I that's that's incredible. Um is Phoebe what is Phoebe a, a reference to? It's not catcher catcher in the rye, is it? Well, no, it's not.
1: It's uh there was a cat on the uh the 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 shelter's website named Phoebe that we liked. Okay. And then we got to the shelter and the the reception cat was so sweet. And Phoebe had an ear infection, so she wasn't available. Got it. Uh so the reception cat became Phoebe.
0: I like, cool. We renamed her.
1: That's good, that's
0: good. Um, yeah. yeah, my cats are nowhere around now, but for listeners that were wondering what all the banging around was earlier, there was a fly <laughs> on the loose. Even though I yeah. locked I locked the place down for the podcast. You know. Yeah, I don't, did, did, you, did you hear any of, the, of that, Aaron? Were you able to hear like banging around? Bit. I assumed
1: it was a dog, because no. you know, um, I listened to a couple of your podcasts before I came on the show, and I listened to Carlos D one. Oh yeah. And he's got that dog. Yeah. And I was like, I w- was wondering if the dog was yours or his, but w- it, was no, his, it was his. But yeah, he can't bark. I was like, I got to make sure to lock these cats down so they don't disrupt this. No, market.
0: we we welcome all animals here. Particularly yeah. though, we have a fondness for for cats on Creative Pursuits. But yeah, there was a f- after <laughs> I locked the place down to make sure that we got the crystalline crystalline sound that our listeners are accustomed to a fly, <laughs> a fly. unfortunately was good. also trapped inside and the cats were on a <laughs> you know a cat a, a fly finding mission of the utmost mm. import um all right so yeah i saw i saw one that was like very it reminded me of joseph albers who's a favorite of mine i like i like colors i like colors I'm that's why i you know i i like i like Rothko. i like i like newman i like i like albers um i like i like a good flower um, I have my, um, my George O'Keefe, they were doing a, uh, like four years ago at Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Botanical Garden. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a show there and I, I copped one of the posters. Is there, a, is there like a thriving museum art scene in Bloomington or are you, do you do a lot of travel? Like where were you going to look at all these museums that you know ended up kind of in some way probably inspiring a little bit of what you're doing?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a, a world-class uh, museum I use art museum, which is called the Eskenazi um, art museum is in my mind, a world-class art museum. Um, And it's one of those, you know, it's like, it's a college, it's a university art museum. So like there's never very many people in there and it's kind of like, but they just did a big renovation and um, yeah, they have some beautiful paintings there. They have a beautiful painting called swing landscape by Stuart Davis that I would, look at all this time and i was writing about a lot of art you know um in in that museum so that was really the one that like i loved and um but yeah i mean i'm I'm, we were just at the art institute in chicago which was awesome cool um yeah i mean we we went to the guggenheim recently and that was really good um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty much always going to museums, especially on tour when I was touring a lot more. I would always pop into the museum if yeah, I could. For like, sure. When we played in Kansas City, there's like an amazing free museum in Kansas City. I forget what it's called, but it was incredible. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, just I'm, I'm, I thrive in a museum. That's really like my, that's, that's, that's where I want to be. Um, I mean there's a lot of problems with museums in general but man the one we have in town is like it's great so yeah for did, sure
0: yeah. did you were you writing for for just school when you're doing the art history degree or post grad yeah. okay right on
1: yeah i just have two undergraduate degrees um and but i was taking college very seriously you were uh, Oh yeah. Like I, yeah, both degrees I have like thesis in, and you don't have to do that. I just wanted to have like a focus and I wanted to write about what I wanted to write about. Cool. And, um, so I wrote about minimalism in both art history and uh, the history of literature um, essentially. Interesting. Um, so those are kind of my focus, but I was also really into studying about, contemporary art mainly so like conceptual art and like performative art um and yeah I mean by writing I just kind of mean like art history degrees are so funny because they're just like go look at art and respond to the art Uh and like learn about the history of it but like there's no you know you're not tasked with like coming up with some new theory about art or anything like that it's just, it's just very soft and very like enjoy art <laughs> at least that that's kind of how I uh,
0: nothing wrong with I that with it, yeah no that's really cool um well sp- speaking of contemporary art you know you've you've made a name for yourself uh, as far as I'm concerned at least and I, I know a lot of people feel the same way because uh you know you're on the radar of a lot of, of you know I've been I've been working with someone else uh recently. And I mentioned I was bringing you on the pod, and they and they looked into you and they were like, "Oh my god! Like all my friends are following this guy." And I was like, "I don't think she, so." She didn't know you, but all of her friends do apparently, mm. um, which is cool. But do you do you keep up with other people who are creating art, uh, design work, your peers on the scene? Uh, do you do you look at what they're doing and just uh, I don't know if you. You probably aren't drawing inspiration, but just kind of having a, a your finger on the pulse of, of what the the like the, the art the art and design scene is looking like. Uh
1: yeah, I am. I, I live mainly like as far as my inspiration goes, I live mainly through my books. So kind okay. like, of like collection of design and, and and art kind of like books and um, research. So I I don't take a ton of influence from contemporary artists,
0: but I admire
1: a lot of them. And I also think that I've got, there's there's, there's started to become this new, I think it's kind of a, it's an old job, but it's kind of a new job. And it's a weird like mix of graphic design, um, illustration, Uh, you're kind of doing like three or four different things at once. And, and there's just not a lot of people who do it actually. Right. right. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've become kind of like internet friends with a few artists that I admire and that I think are kind of, kind of doing the same thing. It's just nice to like, I don't really know anyone else like in Bloomington right. uh, that has the job position that I, I have because I don't really know exactly what it is. But um, <laughs> yeah, there are a ton of artists I, I really admire. Um, Right now, I mean, doing great work. Uh, but um, I don't. Did
0: I mean, you see? Did you see the full rollout for the new? I guess it's a concept album for the John Mayer sob rock, Like all of the the design work. Did you Did you catch any of that?
1: Yeah, like the the '80s kind of style. I saw. Yeah. I saw you put like a faux sticker on the front of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I mean. I loved, I loved that. I listened to the album, I'm like okay on John Mayer. I don't think he's, uh, I think he's a really talented guitarist. His albums don't always fully, they never fully connect with me for the most part, but I usually like a few tracks and I feel like this one was no different. But like the New York Times review of the album, which was not flattering, not particularly flattering, but like they opened the interview just saying like nice merch. And I think they were talking about like the merch and just the overall design aesthetic, which I thought was cool. I love the type, like the a lot of the type the typeface he uses for like the Sobrock rock is really cool. Do you, where do you grab your typefaces from? Is there like a foundry, a particular foundry that you okay. go yeah, to? Let's, like, what's let's the deal talk more? about
1: let's talk about John Merritt typefaces because he um, did you did you see that Kerwin Frost interview he did?
0: I heard that like Kerwin Frost had been canceled or something like that. I did not see the the oh. interview, but oh, this good, might be yeah. something different. This might be something totally different.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm a fan of Colonel Frost. Uh, he's got like a show and he interviewed John Mayer. And um, he, uh, John Mayer, was like talking about type. And he was like, You can totally tell when someone just downloads a font for free and uses it like on their album cover, or whatever. You can totally tell. Uh, he was really emphatic about that. It was so funny because it was just like, Can you tell? Because. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten, whatever, but, um, yeah. Uh, where do I get my typefaces? Uh, free places, uh, uh, free, you know, like free, there's not some mystery. I think a lot of people think like there's some like key to unlocking, uh, fonts. The key is to try every font until you find like the one that it has to be. And you have to develop, Uh, you don't have to do any of this. I'm talking about myself. Uh, I found I had to develop this um, feeling about um, like, you know, it just, the constraints, it's like if you're making a poster for a band and you know the poster is going to be a three, four ratio Mm -hmm. and you know the band name and you just start trying the fonts and eventually it just, it makes itself obvious. It's like, this one looks the best and you just have a feeling about it. And that feeling based on like whatever you're you know currently looking at and like into and so that's good um, but uh, it's I, I find a lot of fonts by flipping through my books and like taking a photo of a font from some you know like one of these these books are great these graphies posters books right um, most of these from the 70s and the 80s yeah There's, that one says like, 78 all the work from that yeah. Year. And like, you know, you find like something, you're like, oh, that font's cool. And then you can like, you know, look it up on the internet and like based on the image and uh, find it and and it's, it's, and then you try it and then usually that one doesn't work, but then you have it. And then later on, you know, like I realized I've amassed like a a font library that is like out of control. I recently exported it because I was working remotely and I hadn't realized how, Big it was. Wow! And how many I've like downloaded? And I don't really think of myself as like a, a font head. A
0: font head, and I
1: don't. Yeah, man, I don't like buy. I know a lot of people are making super sick typefaces, right? But I don't use like contemporary typefaces. Okay, to so me,
0: all those part of that culture, like yeah,
1: there's a design culture around type that feels very cold to me. I respect mm. it, but I like to keep it at a distance because I feel like it it intimidates me in a way that makes me uncomfortable and feels uncreative, well, unproductive for me, but I admire it. I'd like to, i really like to make a typeface. I have an idea for a typeface that I want to make, but I don't know how people invest so much time into that. It would take yeah. so long to do. I have tons of respect for people who do make typefaces, but um and then like there's a whole culture behind that of like the whole design job is just, I found the type face that someone made a year ago and I <laughs> yeah. used it. And I know there's more to it. I know there's a process that's like, Oh, you just, I mean, the person who made that typeface is the person who did this design. Like, right. uh, and I, I know that like, you can extend that to my work and that you know i didn't make like the milton glazer typefaces that i use but it's like i'm responding to them and i'm like using them in new ways i feel like it's that's a little different than like i'm using the typeface that was made in 2019 on top of a photo you know yeah i don't know alex we might have to cut some of this out honestly i don't want to i I like it i don't want to come across like i'm I'm, I'm, I'm uh, disrespecting that. You're
0: point. not sneering like, the typeface culture at all. I don't get that. <laughs> okay, I don't good. get that sense. I think I, that it well, is. Well, I just
1: mentioned it because sometimes people do react to my work in a way that's like, what's what's your interest in type? And, and right. I don't really think, I mean, I just, I. No, it's a. And it's, yeah. it is very melted in with the imagery portion of the things I do. Yeah. Um, and I think that maybe fools people sometimes in the thinking that I'm like, authoring these fonts and like you know i have this like deep type nerd um attitude but i don't okay
0: well let's get let's get really let's actually get divisive here um are we a are we a serif or a a sans serif bro uh
1: i tend to use sans serif but i like both um there's some really like elegant contemporary serif Types that I love, Uh, and I don't know. I really like ones that are like in between um, the two, actually. Um, Like types that you wouldn't kind of you wouldn't think of one way or the other, and then I really like types that are like way off the charts. They're Mm -hmm. like really neither at all. But I find that because of that, my secondary types tend to be pretty um, sans serif boring like pretty straight straight way. because those look yeah. good with like really wild types yeah so my first love is the wild type the 70s like experimental geometric typefaces like the, the glazer types and, and i the think my, kind of distinguished I,
0: from I think mine is the one that i use right now is like a 70s it's the um avant i think it's avant gar avant gothic something like that i don't know if you've you've heard of that one oh, um yeah. but i'm sure. a big a that's big fan, it. yeah. The yeah, yeah. I like a nice avant garde gothic ITC avant garde gothic standard. I found it online, another free one. Um, I like a, a Helvetica Ultralight, um, and that's about as deep as I I can go right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like um, both great. I, I don't really. I've used those a few times. I've used the avant garde. I mean, there's so many. It's so the avant-garde type is so variable. There's so many different versions of it. Like there's so many weights of it. It's very useful yeah. in that sense, it, especially if you're dealing with a lot of information. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever used Alvetica on, on something. All right, it's
0: we'll have to. One. It's 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 a good one. It's versatile. You know, it's a oh, sure. guy. yeah
1: yeah classic. It's a it's a it's a classic.
0: <laughs> uh, We'll, we'll have to have you back on the pod sometime to, to unpack more of our, our thoughts on typeface and typeface culture. Um, oh,
1: man, I that kind of sounds like a nightmare to me. Okay, fair enough. We, we are, we are uh,
0: we're, we're winding down. So I'm just going to do a quick, we do a little media diet here at the end. So we just talk about media and also yeah, yeah. your diet. Um, so we're cooking up a, a delicious vegan breakfast. I mean, are you champing at the bit like I am for this beyond bacon? What are you in the, in lieu of that? What are you, what are you doing?
1: I'm not so into the fake like meat substitutes. Um, yeah, but, uh, like, what am I, what am I making? Yeah. Make a really good oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you got pepitas, pecans, uh, steel-cut oats, uh, some oat milk, um, and, uh, yeah, it's really simple. And, and then we have uh, some maple syrup that was made from a maple tree in our backyard. That uh, sounds good. The guy, the carpenter that I mentioned before, he used to own the house, and he still makes maple syrup at the house using this, like, giant still in our oh, backyard. Wow.
0: And wow!
1: He, and he gives us a bunch of it after he's done making it, and he sells it at a local farmer's market. Um, but so we we the key to this oatmeal is the hyper local maple syrup. <laughs> uh, and Love it. Uh, and then what else is on there? I think that's it. Uh, yeah, that's we we had that breakfast probably twice a week.
0: Healthy. All right. Oh,
1: yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Other Any, than that, just yeah. Like, anything up a, up your sleeve? Eggs.
1: Yeah, you know, and um I don't know. We we've been uh, we've been making pizzas here. We got a nice my wife, I think she's gardening right now, actually. She's got a beautiful garden. We have like some fresh basil right now. Nice beautiful. Put that on pizzas. Love it. Tomatoes, just got a bunch of cucumbers. We just got amazing Georgia peaches, uh, from this like company called the Peach Truck, which is great. So we we're making these peach salads okay cheese pepitas on that roasted pecans amazing
0: okay so I I I had been long thinking about going vegan so to speak and I did um I did for four months I made it four months before I relapsed on pepperoni pizza so what are the aside from the basil is there anything else you you like to throw on the pizza non-meat
1: like a garlic uh like pro tip like a like a red potato Mm. beefed up your pizza all right and I like uh if you if you're also you don't have to go vegan or go vegetarian just uh, cu- like cut uh, cut a meat out yeah. of uh, out of a day that's all that yeah and and uh, that will yeah that's something that it's a it's shitty that people feel like they need to do things to help the environment individual people because it's not individual people who are causing the problems but that is something that you can do today to help is to cut out your meat
0: and, and it's a spiritual it's a spiritual and I, and I agree like i'm i can't uh i now know i'm not going to be able to single-handedly save the world or anything but it is like a spiritual and emotional mental thing like where when i was vegan the same way when i like clean the house i feel better there was like a there was like an emotional levity that kicked in for those four months before you yeah. know the sweet pepperoni whispering in my ear was too much oh, for me to but combat. you know what you don't
1: you don't have to that's another thing it's like all those things are too identity based it's like i am vegan i am vegetarian it's like you just don't, just don't eat as much meat yeah like like, like just just a substitute it once in a while like you don't yeah. have to put a hog on like who you are as a person because i know people are weird about that and also it's like i don't expect people to give up meat whatever
0: i I, I hear what you're saying i do have uh I I, I try. I encourage you to uh, keep going,
1: Alex. No, I know.
0: I know. I'm a, I'm like an all, I like have an all or nothing kind of personality type. So it's like the uh, the completely ascetic approach. Yeah. You know, I'm literally at the the truck um, five nights, five nights, every night that I'm not with my, my girlfriend, I'm up, I'm up there scarfing down. Um, (laughs) All right. So I know that, you know, at this point we've, I've, for me anyway, during the course of this conversation it's conjured this romantic image of you underneath the star, the, the, the moonlight, the starlight pouring in through yeah. your, your office window as yeah. you're burning the midnight oils, um, mm-hmm. un, un, working, uh, unfettered by the, the constant deluge of emails, um, deep yeah. into the night, doing your thing, creating these awesome works of art that all the people love, but Uh, that doesn't, I don't know if that really leaves a lot of time for Netflix, like late night Netflix binges. Are you streaming content? And if so, what, what is it? And where do you fit that in?
1: Of course I am. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, of course I am. I'm not just, yeah. And that's another thing. It's like we take breaks and just hang out, watch TV. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. um yeah what did i what have i watched recently i mean we just worked our way all the way through caribbean enthusiasm and we've been watching the olympics and um i i kind of have like the classics on rotation to be honest it's like sopranos is the best show ever the mm-hmm. wire and yep. then uh, we watched high maintenance a couple times to- have you seen that show high yeah maintenance? i love high maintenance yeah it's like perfect. It's yeah. uh, it makes me feel the same way that watching Seinfeld makes me feel. Where mm-hmm. it's just kind of like this is exactly what I want, and it's comforting in a way that is like, I, I, it's it's amazing. So that that show, um, yeah. I mean, we just uh, yeah, we're we're we're, we're down with with all the platforms, and uh, we're we're always watching
0: stuff. But how was the how was the Curb Your Enthusiasm rewatch?
1: It wasn't a rewatch. It was a... This is the first, this is the main voyage? Mean I mean.
0: This and is the I'll tell you what,
1: it was good because it, it gave context that, you know, my buddies were like watching season 10 and I gave it a shot and I watched one episode and I was like, I hate this guy and I, <laughs> I really don't like it. Yeah. But then we watched it from the beginning and it was like, and then we just watched season 10 again or right. while we're in the middle of it. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, my attitude towards him is completely different. It's like, I am rolling, laughing at this. Like I just love, and he's so, he's very relatable. And like, it's weird to think about that because like I had such a high horse perspective of him when I just dropped in on the last season. And I was like, I don't need this in my life. This isn't funny. He's he's problematic. well, actually to get out of it, to unlock it, you have to like engage with the way that it's funny. Yeah, it can be funny and horrible at the same time those ideas can exist together they don't totally have any ideas, yeah which is a relief yeah
0: funnily enough I I hadn't I hadn't watched any curbs since I think season t- season 10 is the latest season right that was the one the last one they did and I actually just had like two days ago I started re-watching it and I'm on, on like episode three or, or four but um yeah good show are you so it's a lot of HBO a lot of HBO yeah. shows, have you watched any, did you watch that Mayor of Easttown or the White Lotus, any of that stuff?
1: I watched Mayor and thought it was the best limited series television show I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, because we're out of control these days. I, I Documentaries do not need to be 10 hours long. They don't need nine parts. Like that's ridiculous. Not every show needs to be Netflix serialized. Like some things just need to be movies, you know? Yeah. But when they get it right, yeah, Mayor of Easttown, it's like, oh, like you got this seven-ish hour storytelling form perfectly down. I loved it. I loved it. I haven't watched the Lotus uh, show, but I've heard it's good. So I, I'd like to see
0: that. I, I'm loving it. I, I think HBO more consistently than any other platform at this point gets, yeah. it, gets it right consistently. I love that The Outsider, which had some like horror elements to it. Did you catch that one? Is it the Jason Bateman show? Jason Bateman directed the first two and was like in the first two episodes oh. or the first few episodes, yeah. And Ben Mendelsohn, not Ozark, not Ozark, right?
1: I've
0: the Outsider, that. yeah. The Outsider was on HBO, and then the Mark, the Mark Ruffalo one where he plays oh, twin brothers. Man. Did you see that one? Man, I know I this much Mark is Ruffalo. true.
1: I love I love Mark Ruffalo. Okay, uh, Zodiac is one of my favorite movies. Good,
0: good, underrated. But that show, man, it was just like that
1: was a show where my wife and i were just like why are we doing this to ourselves this is uh, it was a tough watch it It was a tough watch Uh, dude and he's got both usually he's playing that character which is a foil to another like more enthusiastic energetic hopeful character Mm -hmm. but it's like he gets to play against himself as like this like oh man we finished it but it was like Ooh, and that beach house song they get playing—it was just like my heart, man. This is this is out of control.
0: It it was dour and heartrending, but I I love that. And like when he visited visits his brother in the in the institution, I mean, all those all those scenes were just like, I don't know. I was I was kind of obsessed with that one. That was one where I would like rewatch the episode the the next day. But definitely definitely dark stuff. Um,
1: he's like painting those. House, he's a house painter. Yeah, I, I was a house painter for a while in like a very like darker time of my life. I was a house painter, and just some of those scenes, I was just like, oh, I relate to this in a way that is a little too close to the bone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah.
1: Overwhelmed by a project, and
0: yeah. no, definitely, definitely. I liked it, it
1: though. I like it.
0: it. It it speaks to a dark part and just kind of a fatalistic part I think and also maybe like to to, to some extent a hopeful part of the, the human human psyche but cool,
1: Spotlight?
0: The movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah I saw it
1: I thought Mark Ruffalo and that was incredible.
0: Yeah that was that was definitely a good one that was I don't know I don't, was that like five years ago now? Yeah he plays um, an
1: emotional character so well like
0: yeah, burden
1: of emotion character it's just like really you can tell he's
0: got it for sure for sure um well aaron i hope that the the, nuptials, the upcoming nuptials are are fun uh, oh, the thanks. party at least thank you it was so cool getting to talk to you and hear yeah. a little bit about your process and just you know delving into all these different topics thanks for being here man
1: oh yeah likewise i, I really appreciate the time and the conversation
0: well that's it folks that is the pod for this week and the conclusion of Aaron Lowell Denton's... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His... The Aaron, the Aaron Lowell Denton Residency on Creative Pursuits Podcast that spanned two weeks, two episodes, and it hitherto has reached its conclusion. Now, I don't know if I said this earlier, but if you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast or like i said as friend of the pod you know this podcast costs nothing to get every single week this is a free pod we put this out we have an open borders mentality when it comes to this podcast this podcast is for everyone as such i believe subscribe now the the word has been changed to mean that you are paying something i believe so Don't subscribe to the podcast. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. So go ahead and follow us. And thank you, Aaron Lold Denton, for appearing on the pod. Congrats to to Aaron and his wife, Anna, as well, on, on being able to celebrate their nuptials recently and i want to shout out anna as well as we we used if you if you look on our website you can see an amazing picture of aaron that was taken by his wife anna who's a fantastic photographer a great talent in her own right so check out her work as well check out the work of hideout hill if you enjoy we talked a lot about music on the pod uh during this this residency but if you are, if you like music and you are enjoying have been enjoying these dope jams on creative pursuits they are brought to you by none other than hideout hill so check out hideout hill thank you to our sponsor team people and most importantly thank you dear listener for being with us on another episode of creative pursuits